What the Four is going on, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another week, What the Four podcast. Uh, me and my good friend, uh, Coach Taylor Riggs. Uh, really big episode this week. Architecture episode. Spotlighting uh, really the top 100 golf courses in the U.S. Golf Digest 2019-2020 uh, rankings. Um, really fun stuff that T and I get into, um, with the notable course, golf course designers and architects and just a fun episode for us to talk about T. Uh, this is an episode that I, I really enjoyed and I think our listeners will enjoy it too. Um, you know, golf architecture hasn't always been the coolest thing in my opinion, uh, but as I've kind of gotten older and, and kind of realized some of the places that I've played and been to and had the opportunity to go to, um, I've kind of had a, a little bit deeper appreciation for golf architecture. And uh, yeah, no, we go through some pretty sweet places and, and kind of talk about some pretty sweet courses. And um, obviously we touch on the top 100 list and uh, yeah, no, I think the listeners will enjoy the episode and I think uh, kind of provide some pretty good insight. Yeah. It seems like the more golf courses we get to see, and places we're able to go to, uh, it just kind of adds to our knowledge and adds to kind of our understanding of how different uh, golf courses are, even in the U.S. and in, in the different regions. We kind of touch on that uh, throughout the podcast. And, and you know, I think one thing that I always kind of think about when I think about course designers is, you know, where do they want me to hit the golf ball? You know? right, right. And, uh, and, uh, you know, it's kind of evident throughout their designing process. You can see different characteristics from course to course, uh, with designers and, uh, yeah, no, it's, it's kind of interesting to think about and talk about. So, um, I think we do a pretty good job of that in the, uh, in the podcast this week. Yeah, absolutely. No, I think golf digest hits it the nail on the head, um, with their, their top 100 rankings, you know, every, every great sport, uh, has their rankings of, of best cities or best stadiums, um, to go to and visit, and this is kind of like golf's, you know, top 100 uh, stadiums, as you would. Um, and it's just every golf course in here is different from one another. It's unique, um, but a lot of the same architects and same golf course designers keep popping up over and over and over again. It's very true, and uh, and I, I think you know, golf course design has come a long way over the years and uh and it's kind of evident of some of these new designers that have been kind of coming up as well so i think uh it's very interesting to kind of dive into and uh and research a little bit as with everything there's always a young gun up and comer always always coming <laughs> for sure always coming for up sure. <laughs> always <laughs> all right good deal t well ladies and gentlemen let's get right into it uh t myself we're on the t what the Four Podcast, we're back here with you, myself, Taylor Riggs, and my friend, Daniel DeLuca. Dan, how's everything going there in New York for you? Everything's good, man. Um, hopefully, you know, end of this week, we start uh, seeing some more things open and uh, golf courses. You know, a few have been open up here uh, in the area and uh, just kind of waiting now for the go-ahead for our golf course at West Point. Um, to get open again I know people have been asking and, and just chomping at the bit to get out since the weather's kind of turned nice now um, everything's you know spring's here 
uh, up in New York. It, everything's popping green and uh, flowers are blooming, and we're ready. We're ready to get going uh, back on the golf course. Fantastic. That's great to hear. Um, obviously, big week last week with Mike Thomas on the podcast. We appreciate him coming on. Yeah, huge week. This week, we're going to transition into a little bit different topic this week. We're going to have a little bit different podcast. Um, we're going to kind of take a step into golf architecture. Um, it's going to probably be a little bit different than usual. We don't have a guest, um, but I think it could be very interesting to kind of just discuss and kind of talk about some things that we appreciate in golf architecture and, uh, you know, kind of take a look at the top 100 golf courses in the United States. Um, some of the, the guys who have designed a lot of those golf courses and, uh, and kind of take a look from there. So Dan, I want to ask you, what are some things that you appreciate in a golf course when you are going to play it and, uh, in the setup? Dude, I, this is one of my favorite topics, uh, to discuss and, uh, I'm about on my fourth cup of coffee uh, this morning, um, so I, I'm ready to go and, and ready to get talking. Um, but I, I do I appreciate uh, golf courses that are challenging but fair. And I think a lot of these, when you look down the list of, of top 100, I think the designers have done such a good job. And I think that's a big part of why they're in the top 100 list. And I know there's a bunch of – different rankings out there but uh, t and i have kind of focused on the golf digest uh yeah. top 100 that's kind of from 1920 and um but no i i, I do I, I i'm not a big bunker guy i don't really like a whole lot of bunkers um i think a lot of courses that have been modernized today try to kind of place too many bunkers out there um and so just kind of for an aesthetics look and not really a penalizing look or if you hit an Very errant true. shot so um, but no, anything, uh, that's, you know, challenging, um, but also fair. Um, so I know there's a few courses in the top 100, uh, that are just extremely difficult, no matter the time of year, no matter how they're set up, um, that's how they're designed. Um, but I know we've seen, you know, the pros playing well and some good scores be had, but no, looking forward to kind of getting your ideas T and, and dive into this, uh, cause golf course architecture has come a long way. Yeah, it sure has, you know, and this probably, this kind of became a topic I was interested in probably more after my college playing days, I would say. Um, and I think it's kind of one that, you know, the more you look at it and the more you kind of look at different golf courses and look back on golf courses that you've played, you know, you can look at a course and say, okay, like I really appreciated, you know, whoever created that golf course just because of their general idea of the game of golf and how it should flow. Yeah, for sure. Um, so I think that's very interesting. Um, you know, what I look for in a golf course, I just look for a golf course that, you know, I like a golf course that's challenging, but obviously fair and a golf course where there's a, a variety of shots. Now notice I didn't say hit every club in your bag. I think that's kind of a, a phrase that gets used too often, I feel like. Big cliche, uh, big cliche. Big cliche in the game yeah. of golf, in my opinion. But I just like a, a variety of shots. You know, I like a, a variety of holes that move generally both ways, um, you know, and, and have some nice shape to them. Um, but, but yeah, I kind of want to dive into uh, this top 100 list and kind of kind of see what we got going here. So kind of take us to that and, uh, and kind of what you have for us. Yeah, so – uh, on the Golf Digest 1920, 
2019-2020 top 100. Obviously, number one um, has been up there for a while. It's Pine Valley uh, Golf Club down in New Jersey. And, you know, fortunately, we were able to play our Army-Navy star match this past October um, at Pine Valley. And, and I got to see it firsthand and walk around there for a couple days. So, I mean, it's it's every – it's it's so surprising how – it just doesn't do it justice, even though you know you're going to the top golf course in the United States and it has been up there for a while. It's still – you get out there and you're like, I can't believe that this course was designed so long ago and it was designed so long ago. And, and how these guys, these these golf course architects, can kind of take a piece of land and, and what they say is unlock it and really show its true purpose and, and focus on – the lay of the land. And that's kind of how Pine Valley is. They didn't do a whole lot of dirt moving. I mean, the land was just how it was. And, uh, you know, every hole is different out there. Not one hole looks like another one. And I think that's a big part of two of a great golf course and a testament, uh, to a great golf course and why it's so high on the list is yeah. You there's like you were saying to you, there's so many different shots that you hit throughout a round of golf there. And, and, you know, like I touched on earlier, that no hole is like another one. They are all so different. Right. They are all so unique. And it's kind of each hole is, is their own little mini golf course in itself. Um, so, I mean, number one, Pine Valley, it's it's up there for a reason. It'll stay up there. Um, just an incredible piece of property. Um, they're kind of in the pines in New Jersey. And, and it's it was a real treat that we were fortunate enough to, to get out there and see it. No, it's fantastic. Yeah, no, I, I mean, that's Pine Valley's obviously been there for a while and uh, it's kind of a it's a golfing destination that few people get to go to. So uh, that, that's fantastic that you um, were able to kind of make that trek. And uh, it's always interesting to kind of hear you speak about it because you you hear so many different things about different places. And that's kind of a place where you don't really hear a lot about just because of its prestige and, and its exclusivity as well. Right. So. Well, it was, it was just such an awesome treat for our guys really um, to say that, you know, a lot of our freshmen, you know, first year in, in college uh, here at the Academy at, at West Point, you know, they, they beat Navy at Pine Valley. Oh, the number one golf course in the country. And we've gotten coach Baglin. I've gotten a lot of different questions and insights um, from alumni and then staff here. And it's, it was just such a cool experience and such a good treat for our guys and one that we'll kind of never forget. And, and I would say, in, at least in my young coaching career so far, probably the highlight of it, um, yeah. being able to kind of, you know, take in my first Army-Navy match and, oh, yeah, it was at the number one golf course in the country. So um, it was really neat and some of our guys, especially our seniors, will never forget. For sure, absolutely. Now, now moving on to the second course uh, – Obviously, number two is Augusta National. Um, obviously, that's where they play the Masters. Now, Dan, have you been to the Masters? I have. Uh, I have. Yeah. I, went, okay. I went in 08 on, on Saturday in 08 when uh, the year Trevor Immelman uh, came out of nowhere nice. to win. Perfect. Yeah, so I've been, I've been twice. I was there in 2005, and then I was also there in 2018. Um, so I, I kind of had the privilege of seeing, you know, a little bit more of the redesign and some of the length that they've added um, you know, between those two times, a um, couple of things to point out with Augusta national, I think is important, Dan is, and I was kind of thinking about this as we were preparing for this is, 
everybody at Augusta National, everybody says for a right-handed player, you have to be able to draw the ball really well. You have to be able to work it right to left. But I think what's lost in that is how much you have to work the ball left to right for the second shots. Right. Um, you know, I think I look at holes like, you know, the first hole, you know, left to right ball flight helps with the second shot. The second hole, you know, I look at the third hole, the fourth hole. I, I, you can you could list a lot of holes where a left to right ball flight is a little bit more favorable coming into those greens. But I think that's kind of a a tip of the cap to the design and the property that they were kind of dealt with uh, when designing the golf course is, um, you know, you kind of speak about Pine Valley and how it's a, a very natural property. Same thing with Augusta National. And you see some of these original holes like number 12 you know 11 and aiming corner and a 13 you know, obviously that is like a a preserve down there um but you know those holes have maintained you know their i don't i don't, don't want to say their power but their their spot in the golf course um you know I, there is a rumor floating around that they might extend the 13th hole and they might make a couple changes but you know augusta is kind of the one course as well that is ranked very high, but has withstood the whole, you know, distance in golf and making it longer as well. You know, I truly think that Augusta National is better today than it was 20 years ago. You know, I think if they would have left it how it was, I don't know if we would have the same drama and results that we are currently having at Augusta National. Does that make sense to you? No, it does. Yeah, definitely. Um, You know, the, the first thing I noticed you know, because you grow up watching the Masters, obviously, on TV. And then when you get out there, it's like, oh, my gosh, you've seen this place. Uh, you feel like you've been out there before. But really, then you're in awe of, of actually being out there first time in person. And the, yeah. f- the first thing I noticed was how wide a lot of the fairways are. I mean, it's a big ballpark to hit it in. Um, but then how just the greens, how more undulated they are in person than you can see and tell on TV. I mean, TV – doesn't do it justice with the green complexes at Augusta. And, you know, we're looking at a picture right now on, on of Augusta of 12 green. Um, and it looks like that, that kind of green is, is pretty big from side view. And it's, it's not, I mean, it's like, yeah. I mean, I know these guys are only hitting like eight, nine irons and sometimes pitching wedges, but it's a very precise, it's very hard to be precise with your iron. And I think that's every year. That's the person who wins is, the person who is the most precise with their second shots into these greens and putting them, you know, in the right sections or on the right tiers on the right side of the hole. So, I mean, you know, Jordan Spieth goes back to that, you know, when he won his two masters, um, you know, he, he used the green reading material, the stracker line books, right. For just the second shots. Um, yeah. He didn't really use them on the green for putting. I mean, he did look at them, but he, he more so used it for second shots to see, okay, you know, if I can miss it five, ten paces right of this flag, you know, there's a ridge there that's going to bring it right down to the hole. So I'm not going to, I'm not, I'm going to aim at the flag furthest left point or, or further right. So, you know, I, I think like you were saying, it stood the test of time in that sense to where uh, Bobby Jones um, and his design team there, you know, they they designed it for that reason, um, and yeah. and, the, and it being a true second shot golf course. Yeah, and I think it, you know, I think sometimes, you know, Augusta National, it does not quite get the the golf course recognition because of the Masters. And I'm, I'm, I'm not, this is not a negative take at all. It's just literally 
the masters sometimes does, doesn't allow people to see, you know, the beauty of the architectural ground that it is really. Does that, you see where I'm at with that? Right. Yeah, absolutely. For example, the 10th hole, you know, speaking of bunkers that, you know, nobody thinks should be there, you know, there's that bunker that's literally in the middle of the fairway and it, it really, it's, it makes for a great picture, but if you leave your tee shot out to the right, it presents a lot of issues for the player, right? you know, and, and you, you can't just push something up near the green um, and you have that bunker in your way. So there's so many different things and intricacies about the golf course there um, that I think are very special. And uh, when you take a deeper look into it, um, very interesting as well. So, yeah, so that, there's, that's Augusta National in a nutshell for you. Right. No, absolutely. I mean, it, it'll continue to stand the test of time. And, um, you know, we, we're, we're seeing it with all these golf courses, you know, the lengthening of holes. And I think that's just to kind of keep up with the times. I mean, I'm not sure there's another sport out there that want, it want, like, you know, the athlete evolves. So we have to evolve kind of the playing surface a little bit more. Um, I, you know, it's the only sport I can think of that can do that and has the ability to do that um, as, as right. technology and equipment keep evolving. Um, so can these golf courses and so can the playing fields, you know, bat, I mean, they're not going to lengthen a basketball court, you know, I mean, right. at, at baseball diamond, you know, there's some fields and stadiums and parks that are, you know, four forty to deep center and the deepest part of the field. And then there's some that are like 400. So, you're not going to lengthen, uh, move, you know, concrete and, and lengthen baseball diamonds or, and football fields definitely aren't going to lengthen. Um, so it's one of those things where it's, you know, golf can kind of maybe catch up with some of the earlier, uh, more notable sports here in the U S. Absolutely. Now Dan, take us through kind of the rest of the top 10, 10 there. I know we wanted to highlight the top two. Um, so kind of take us three through 10, and uh, if anything sticks out, let's definitely uh, talk about okay. it. Okay. So number three is Cypress Point um, out, you know, off 17-mile drive close to uh, Pebble Beach and, uh, you know, in the yep. Monterey Bay of California. So obviously, for those that don't know, Cypress was was the uh, location of the famous match um, back in, you know, 1956 with the famous Eddie Lowry, who caddied for Francis Wilmette, who was the first amateur to win the U.S. Open. Uh, at the time, you know, now he was in the Monterey area as a wealthy car dealer um, and kind of a big supporter of amateur golf. And he made a bet with one of his fellow counterparts, George Coleman, that nobody could beat uh, two employees at the time, amateur golfers, Harvey Ward and Ken Venturi. Um, nobody could beat him. So Coleman accepted the bet. And the next day at 10 a.m., Ben Hogan and Byron Nelson show up um, to play him. So it's just one of those cool really cool books in golf that, I mean, I think like every hole of that match, they had a birdie um, or, or, you know, at least two of the guys birdied a hole. So apparently it was just a heavyweight match um, between amateurs and professionals. So really cool kind of just story there. Um, and number four, uh, Shinnecock Hills uh, here in New York. Uh, yep. Number five, Oakmont uh, there outside of Pittsburgh, PA. Uh, number six, Marion, uh, there uh, outside of Philly. Uh, the East Course at Marion, obviously, where they hosted the U.S. Open, the Wicker Baskets. Um, yeah, and that's that's a course, Dan, too, that is kind of 
a little bit different from a lot of the courses in the top 10, you know, the, the distance isn't quite there, but the, the design of that golf course is so unique that it's not really needed. Right. And the USGA does a lot in the U S open, obviously, you know, they can change par and, and make it to where, you know, it's, it's 69 96 on the card, but it's par 70. So obviously we know right. that, you know, if you get above 7,000 yards as a par 70, it's a lot, it's a big boy golf course. Yeah, for so, sure. And that's what I feel like that's what the USGA can do whenever they come in and host a U.S. Open at a lot of these venues um, and courses. So number seven, Pebble Beach, um, probably. Which is a course yeah. that you, you've you been to. That I, I have. I've played was fortunate enough to play it. Um, and, and it's one of those that just kind of, again, no no two holes look alike. Um, and and this, the scene, obviously, you know, out towards the Pacific Ocean, there on yeah. on the the cliffs and like pretty much four through, uh, you know, ten and then you kind of turn back inland on eleven, then you come back out on uh, seventeen and eighteen. But really neat, uh, really cool. Every every second shot into that whole uh, course is great too. Small greens, um, and again, kind of like you were saying about Marion, not a big, not a long golf course. Yeah, for sure. Number eight. Uh, another one in New York, National Golf Links of America. Um, I believe that's the one uh, pretty much right next door to Shinnecock Hills. Um, number nine is probably one um, that is going to surprise you. Sand Hills Golf Club um, is a core Crenshaw design. Um, this is bad, T. I'm going to have to look up. We're sand- in Nebraska. Okay. In, okay. in, Mullen, in <laughs> Mullen, Nebraska. So, uh probably should have done some research here on this one um and one of the kind of the kind of the bucknell if you will uh in the in the sure. top 10 or the <laughs> uh the uh UNBC you know the 16 seed taking down a number 1 in in March there's always a no right. name yeah, <laughs> yeah for sure right um you know and, and, well they were no names now they're now they're pretty household names um after sure. doing that but so Sand Hills Golf Club core Crenshaw design in Mullen, Nebraska, I couldn't tell you one thing about it. Um, it looks like a linksy kind of style golf course in, in the cornfields of Nebraska. Um, it looks awesome. So hopefully, you know, one day we can get out there. Um, and then number 10, uh, Fishers Island Club, another one mm. in Fishers Island, New York. So you got three yeah. uh, out of the top 10 uh, in New York and then – four out of the top 10 kind of in the, in the New York metropolitan area with Pine Valley. Yeah. And, and really Dan, it's, it's amazing how close some of those golf courses are to each other in New <laughs> yeah. York. Uh, I, I'm pretty sure Fisher's Island and, and uh, national golf links are really close to each other. You, I think you can even see them uh, from each other. If I, I'm not hundred percent sure on that, but I know they're very close to each yeah, other. Yeah. I know national and Shinnecock. Like their borders touch. Um, property yeah. lines and then you know fisher's island uh i don't think is is too far somewhere on the long island area um in new york so um that's the top 10 you know a couple and then you know you get outside the top 10 and you know i mean 11 through 20 could easily be the top 10 uh i would say at least exactly. like three through 10 after pine valley and augusta yeah, for sure. Now, Dan, we both have kind of gone through this top 100 list and highlighted the courses that we've been to and the courses that we have played. 
Um, so kind of walk us through the courses that you have been to um, and played that are that are top 100s for you. So I've played actually five of them. And okay. uh, on top of that, I've been to 11 total, including those five. So the five that I've played are Pebble Beach, Valhalla, uh, there in Louisville, uh, Hudson National, up here in the Hudson Valley of New York, Sleepy Hollow also in the Hudson Valley, not too far from one another, probably a 15, 20-minute drive. And then Pinehurst number two uh, down in North Carolina. Yeah. And we were fortunate enough to play there, you know, during a college event um, when we were playing at EKU. Um, and on yeah. top of those, the other six that I've, I've been to, uh, Pine Valley, Augusta, um, Oakmont, the Ocean Course uh, on Kiowa Island, uh, TPC Sawgrass, and probably, honestly, uh, besides Pine Valley, one of my favorite courses I've been to, obviously I love going to Augusta during the Masters, but uh, the Elotion Club uh, in Arkansas. Yeah. I was driving back one time um, from Kentucky back down to Texas and stopped there and actually watched the Arnold Palmer Cup uh, a couple summers ago, and that place is absolutely incredible. Um, yeah. kind of outside, uh, Little Rock, uh, Arkansas, uh, close to the, kind of the Adirondack mountains, uh, there, but I mean, just an incredible place and the views kind of out there are, are, you know, uh, first class and, and probably don't get many of those views at some of these other places. Yeah, without a doubt. Yeah, for sure. No, I've heard great things about the, uh, the Ocean Club. Uh, through the years so is that, is that is that your entire list Dan you have you have quite the list let me say well yeah I mean I'm trying to still you know being up in the northeast now and like you said there's so many unbelievable golf courses up here um, yeah and it's you know it's uh, starting to kind of bloom up and spring's here and summer's right around the corner so you know hopefully maybe can can knock a few off but um, a few more off the list. Uh, what, what about you, T? Where, where have you been, played, and in, in this top 100 list? Yeah, so uh, the top 100 that I've been to, um, obviously Augusta National, I had the opportunity to be there. Um, Muirfield Village, number 16. Um, obviously, the Memorial Tournament is, is down there in Columbus uh, and been there, uh, I think, three times now. Uh, great property. Um, I think down the road, that'll be one course that I'll be able to move into my played category. Um, but obviously great setup there. Uh, and then number 57, which is also uh, in Columbus, uh, is Scioto. Nice. Uh, right there, Scioto Country Club. Uh, so that was a course where I was actually out recruiting in Columbus and kind of just made a phone call and asked if I could come over and just check it out. Um, should have took my clubs on that recruiting trip. That's one of the ones where I didn't take them and I should have. Um, but you know, obviously a place, uh, that I think I'll eventually be able to move to my played category as well. So, uh, so those are the three that I've been to the, the ones that I have played, um, coming in at number 28, uh, the honors course down in Ultima, Tennessee, nice. uh, kind of one that kind of goes under the radar. I think, um, uh, they're actually hosting the USAM there, I think in 2023, yep. Or, or might be a little bit more down the road. It's somewhere around there. Uh, but a golf course that is very enriched in uh, amateur golf. Uh, they posted a n numerous uh, amateur events there. That's how I was there. I played the Southern Am there. Um, it was a great track. 
And then number 29, obviously you mentioned it, Pinehurst Resort, number two. Uh, fantastic design there. Uh, number 43 um, is Victoria National uh, there in, in Indiana, in Evansville, Indiana. And I think of, you know, of all the courses I've played and been around and, and spectated on, I would put probably Victoria National in the top tier of difficulty. Yeah, I that's think. a big boy golf course. Um, yeah, and, and they hosted out there, they host the web.com, well, I'm sorry, Corn Fairy Tour <laughs> finals out there. We're I'm still, yeah, it's, 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 so we're still doing it. Yeah. We're going to be doing it for a while. We're still doing it. Yeah. Um, the, the Corn Fairy Tour finals are out there. Um, you know, it's a golf course, Dan. I've played it. I've played it many times. Um, and I will go around that place and I'll be right around even par, under par. And then I'll get to the last five holes and I'll shoot 78 <laughs> in a heartbeat. You know, it's a very tough golf course. Um, but it, it's, it's actually built on a strip mine as well. So, pretty cool cool views out there um and and a pretty cool place to play golf um then my last two that i've played is uh at 49 uh tbc sawgrass i was able to play there um that golf course i think you know from a from just the overall setup and the and the flow of the holes and kind of how they go together um 17 is the worst hole there, (laughs) you know? Yeah. Um, I think that's kind of, that's obviously the postcard hole and everybody sees that hole, but the other 17 holes are absolutely fantastic. You know, I think, um, in my opinion, that's really the one hole that it's like, yeah, well, okay. It's a, it's a nine iron to an Island green, you know, it is what it is, but that's the one hole that obviously gets all the recognition. Um, and then uh, my last one, uh, number 84, uh, obviously Valhalla, being from Louisville, um, played out there many times. Um, that one kind of flies, you know, under the – I was – honestly, Dan, I was surprised it was in the top 100 um, just because I feel like Valhalla has been – it's been a while since they've kind of revamped right. it. Um, I would not be surprised if they revamped it sometime soon. Um you know, especially with the PGA coming there uh, here in a few years, you know, I don't, I don't know if they're planning on making any changes or anything, um, but it's a good golf course. I think it it's, but I, the fact that it's in the top 100 in the United States, I'm kind of surprised. Yeah. And again, but, you know, these yeah, rankings, yeah, these rankings, you know, there's uh, maybe some lobbying for them um, at these, sure. but, <laughs> yeah, but for sure. you know, it's especially kind of the, the back end of them, like 70 through a hundred. Um, there's so many golf courses we've been fortunate enough to be to that we could be like, oh man, these are you know, these, these are these should be in the top 100, um, and they're not just because of yeah. the name. So, but no, I you know I think Valhalla is one of those that um, it's also kind of more it's one of the more modern golf courses I would say that's been in the top yes. 100 for a while. Um, you know, a lot of these other ones up here in the Northeast have been around for a while um, and have were designed some even back in the early, you know, 1900s, late 1800s. So, um, that's, that's one that, you know, I've, I've played with you. Um, and we had a good time. Yeah. yeah we played absolutely. Together I mean, it's yeah. just one of those ones that, you know, being from Kentucky, you got to get out and play. Um, and, and obviously the drama with, with the PGA championship being there and then the Ryder cup, uh, back in 08. So, um the rider i mean no oh it was a big w- golf year for me going the masters and then <laughs> the Ryder cup yeah. <laughs> coming to kentucky and being there the final day you know kenny perry getting a clinching point and then uh 
uh, who sealed it there on 17 for him. Uh, J.B. Uh, Hunt. J.B. Yeah, Holmes. so J.B. the two Holmes, Kentucky boys really yeah. just kind of sealing the deal for the U.S., the first Ryder Cup they had won in a while um, with, with Captain yeah. Paul Azinger. And, um, you know, it, it was fitting that it was in the state of Kentucky and two Kentucky boys kind of coming through in the clutch. And, you, you know, Dan, something to point out, you know, I think Valhalla is – I can't say anything bad about Valhalla. I kind of mentioned said something. I, I didn't really give him the credit earlier, but it is the absolute perfect golf course for a major oh, championship. Oh, 100%. From a logistical standpoint, from viewing as a spectator to uh, getting people in and out of the golf course, it is as good as it gets, in my opinion. I think it's absolutely great in that Yeah, no, 100%. You, you know, it's like you touched on logistically, it's – it's in a really, really good spot, um, really good location to host something of that magnitude and getting, you know, 50,000 crazy Kentucky golf fans in and out of there every day. So, um, no, it's yes. a, a fantastic viewing golf course, too. You can see, especially there in the valley with like, uh, what is it, five, six, seven, eight, nine, yeah. kind of right around there. You can kind of see second shot in on, you know, four and then drive on five and then six kind of along the creek there the hard long par four um and then seven obviously being the really neat par five strategic par five um with the pond in the middle and the two fairways so no it's it's yeah and even a quick a quick thing with you know 2014 pga that was there um you know we followed the final group from holes four five six and seven very easily you know like it wasn't a thing of like we didn't see any golf, you know, we could still see golf, you know, and I think that's something that's kind of cool about that golf course. That makes right. It no, simple. absolutely. So, um, awesome stuff there, man. Um, you know, obviously, like yeah. we said, we've been fortunate to be a lot of really cool places, uh, in golf and a lot of, of these great facilities and golf courses kind of want to get into now, uh, more of like architects and those most notable yep. and, and most famous architects, um, so I'll just jump into it with, uh, let's see, you know, which of these guys has the most courses in the top 100? Can you, do you have a guess T? I mean, I think I, you know, um, <laughs> uh, well, I, oh, well, you told me yesterday, so right. I can't answer. <laughs> um, but I think people will be fairly surprised I, when they hear I, who I it think is. So. so I think, you know, there's a young up and comer, uh, in second. Um, but kind of the old school guy um, is still leading the pack by quite a wide margin. So it's it's actually Tom Fazio um, owns 20%. Yeah. He's got 20 courses in the top 100 uh, golf digest rankings in the U.S. And then uh, a close um, – and, and granted, you know, like I told you yesterday when I was doing this, you know, if they did a redesign, they got credit with that and putting their name on yeah. it. So this guy has, has designed a lot of great courses on his own. And then he's also redesigned some of the old um, big boy golf courses that we know have been around for a long time. So Gil Hans is actually in second at 14. Um, and then Tom Doak is in third at 13, not too far behind. And then you got four uh, kind of big ones there tied um, with nine courses designed in the top 100 each. Uh, Bill Core and Ben Crenshaw, um, and big yep. fans of of the redesign their team has done to a lot of great 
great places and, and great courses. And then uh, also at nine, A.W. Tillinghast, which is one of your favorites. Um, yes. And absolutely. then one of my favorites, probably my favorite golf course architect um, ever, uh, also at number nine, Donald Ross. Um, and then the other one at number nine, probably the most famous one, and uh, may he rest in peace, just passed away recently, is Pete Dye. Yeah. You know, it's kind of some, some main takeaways I take from that, Dan, and and kind of just the design aspect and how many courses these guys have in the top 100 is, um, you know, like I, I view Gil Hands as like the new, like the new young gun on the PGA right, Tour, right. right? And like Tom, Tom Fazio is like uh, who maybe like Phil Mickelson would be on you the know, PGA absolutely. Tour right now. You know, he's kind of kind of phasing his way out and and then you got these Colin Morikawa and, and Matt Wolf coming in and 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 that's like Corin Crenshaw and that's Gil Hands and right. that's, that's those right. guys you know so it's kind of a new um new aspect I think they kind of bring a little bit more playability to their designs as well so I think it's kind of interesting to see that you know Tom Fazio is still right. hanging in there um but there's definitely some new uh, new kids on the block no, as ab- well. Absolutely. Um, and, you know, my favorite Donald Ross is I, I was fortunate enough to work at a Donald, the only Donald Ross design in, in Kentucky in, in Idle Hour Country Club uh, in Lexington growing up. Um, and just kind of just from working out there and playing a few of his other uh, designs, he, he's I think it's it's more one of the more fun architects I would say um in the game as that you know a lot of his golf courses don't beat you up in length um but the wedge shots are really hard and the second shots are really yeah. hard cuz you may have these kind of crown tabletop style greens that just fall off at all sides um into some thick rough or kind of you know, he was more notable in, in kind of designing the, the pop-up green, right, the push-up green um, with the mounding around it and kind of higher um, than kind of the, the fairway leading into um, the green and then kind of fall off in, in the rough edges around the side. So love love Donald Ross, and um, but they're all, they're all so different um, in the way they kind of unlock yeah. the, the property they design. And um, I know, you know, the late Pete Dye, I mean, the guy just beat you up <laughs> visually off the tee um, at, at a lot of his designs. Sure. And uh, him and his wife, PB Dye, uh, you know, were uh, their design team. Um, you know, they designed one we've played quite a bit in Lexington, Kearney Hill Golf Links. Um, and, and it's, yeah, you know, it's, it's very open. It's linksy, but it's also kind of a lot of the holes are visually intimidating somewhat. Yeah, and, and you know, a guy I I'll kind of speak about just briefly. You know, A.W. Tillinghouse. You know, our our men's team here at Cleveland State. They actually play out at uh, a golf course called Lakewood Country Club. Um, and you know, it, it's it's funny looking at his golf course. He he's a pretty traditionalist when it comes to um, you know golf courses that he's designed. You know, he he designed Bethpage. Um, you know, you know Quaker Ridge, Wingfoot. Uh, Beth Page Black, obviously, um, Medina, you know, I mean, you kind of look at the list that he's a part of. Um, and it's very traditional looking, um, but you kind of look at, you know, I always try to look at like Lakewood Country Club and say, okay, 
you know, does this compare to a, you know, a Beth page or a winged foot and the traits are so there, there's traits kind of everywhere, you know, and, and you see certain bunkers and you're like, Oh, okay. Well, like that looks like a, a bunker that would be at this golf course and, and have this angle and, you know, different shots and different shot shapes are rewarded for different right. reasons. Um, so I think it's so, it's so interesting to kind of dive in, um, to different designers and kind of what their traits are, um, and, and kind of how they, they mingle those traits in, you know, kind of throughout, uh, right. their golf oh, courses. I, absolutely, man. Um, like we said, so different, uh, techniques and, and kind of ideas, each one of them put into, uh, their different golf courses. So what, I just got a question for you team. I know you've done a little bit of research. What okay. kind of, what state, kind of surprised you and how many golf courses they have in the top 100 <laughs> that's a good question um you know i don't know if it's necessary well new york i'll say that new york new um, york but new that, that's your <laughs> that's kind of the obvious um what gets me is how like there's these random golf courses like in nebraska or you know different spots where you wouldn't necessarily think of it yeah indiana with victoria national or you could even say louisville Kentucky right. with valhalla um but you know like it just goes to show that there's so many spots throughout the country and everywhere that have good right. spots you know and good good golf courses but i would say new york is one for me that i you know and obviously those courses have been there long before i was ever a thought um they've been there a lot longer than me but you know, the, in the history of those golf courses and the fact that they've kind of withstood the time and they're still around and still very popular and very present is very impressive to me. Um, so kind of what are your thoughts? What, what you know, do you I, think was, as well? I was texting with one of our guys, uh, one of our cadets yesterday, and just kind of we were talking a little bit about this. Um, and he brought up a great point and it, it got me going back and looking at how many the Midwest has kind of Illinois and, and Michigan, um, Indiana, um, has a few on there. So, I mean, but, you know, looking at the top 10 in Illinois right now, seven of those top 10 are in the top 100, um, Chicago golf yeah. club, Butler national golf club, Medina country club, shore acres, uh, Kenyatta. Yeah. Kenyatta golf club. Chicago. I know Chicago Golf Club is is there obviously too. I don't know if it's in the top 100, um, but Chicago I believe Golf it is. Club is in the top so. 100. It's it's up there. So that's number one in Illinois, and yeah. then uh, uh, number five in in Illinois is Kenyatta. Number six, Olympia Fields Country Club, um, and then number seven, Rich Harvest Links, which has hosted you know the NCAA championship back when yeah. Oklahoma won. Um, so uh, Illinois is a, is a big time state uh, with great golf courses in Michigan as well. I mean, don't knock on these Northern courses now. I mean, this is the foundation of us golf. <laughs> true. I mean, this is, this is the, uh, these were the first golf courses that were designed in the U S and now a lot uh, more are popping up as well. Um, uh, in these States, more modernized golf courses or, you know, we know that a lot of these guys doing the renovations to these, old old courses are, are modernizing them as well so um pretty pretty cool stuff to kind of look at that and see kind of which area of the country has a lot of these top 100 golf courses 
you know, it's interesting too, you know, it's like this Midwest region, this Northeast region that has all these really good golf courses, how, how short their yeah. seasons are too. And, and, and for them to still get the recognition and, and everything. Um, yeah, I think that's very impressive. Um, but you know, I just wanted to point that out, you know, sometimes these golf courses seasons aren't, you know, they're from like mid April to mid October, right. you know, and, right. that, and that's it, you know, and that, that's the only time people are playing those places. So it, it's, it's very interesting to kind of just, just see where those courses are and, and that there's so many, you know, up North that are, they're really no, pretty good. No, absolutely, man. Absolutely. So it, it's, Definitely, you know, the top 100 list is, is very diverse in, in different parts of the country and, and kind of each region is well represented um, on this list. But we just wanted to talk about kind of some regions that kind of sticked out to us. And then another one, obviously, being California. I mean, in the L.A. area and Monterey Peninsula area. I mean, gosh, you got uh, probably 10 courses there um, that are, yeah. are represented in the state of California that are in the top 100 golf courses. Yeah, no, California is not lacking in good golf no, courses no, at all. No. So. Of course, the weather uh, definitely definitely helps there. So, um, but now we like we always touch on we're we're so fortunate to be able to do what we do, and it's great that we've been able to travel around to different parts of the country and see all these all these golf courses and and just see kind of each how in different parts of the country how these go differently these golf courses play. Yeah, without a doubt. You know, it's kind of one of those two, the, the different vibes you get at different golf courses you go to. Um, you know, I remember uh, in December, Dan, we had a chance to play um, out at uh, Southern Highlands oh, yeah. out in Las Vegas. And, you know, the golf experience there was very different from a golf experience that you might get down right. in Florida, you know. It, it, and, uh, you know, it, it's it's very unique and to be able to go to different places and kind of get different perspectives on what golf is like and, and those areas. Um, it's pretty special and, uh, we're fortunate no, to be absolutely. able to do it. And, uh, we'll kind of plug in here, you know, this weekend coming up, uh, Sunday, uh, when is that? Uh, yes. May 17th, the, at two o'clock, two o'clock. Uh, I believe on NBC, uh, the big match, uh, between Rory and DJ and Matt Wolf and Ricky Fowler at Seminole golf club, number 12, in the U S top 100 golf digest, um, list. So first time it being on national television there in Juneau beach, Florida should be awesome. Just wanted to kind of plug that in there T for our listeners, uh, to kind of, uh, heads up and, and look out for, and something that's gonna, I think be awesome. Uh, not a whole lot of fans, uh, allowed out there, um, pretty much just those four players and, and then a few commentators and the TV cameras. So they'll all be mic'd up and it'll be really cool to watch, especially, uh, there at, at one of the more prestigious golf clubs in America. Yeah. Dan, Dan, let's get a pick. What, who's your pick? I'm, I'm an underdog guy, man. I, I'm, <laughs> I'm going, uh, Ricky Fowler and Matt Wolf are going to pull, are going to pull the okay. upset in that one. Um, in the other match, um, kind of cross sport matches between Tiger and Peyton and Phil and uh tom brady uh the uh the favorite is going to win that match tiger and peyton for sure um but in this match at seminole definitely i'm going to go ricky fowler and matthew wolf i think uh ricky 
has the most rounds out at Seminole um, and, and played out there. And, and Matthew Wolf now is, is a fairly new resident down there in the Jupiter area. Um, so I, I'm, I'm going those two. I think the Oklahoma State vibes are going to are gonna prevail them to, uh, to a, a, a big upset. That's understandable. I, I, for me, I will, I will pick the <laughs> other team just simply out of yeah, interest. Um, but, but as much as Rory McIlroy has been riding that Peloton bike, I truly have a lot of confidence in him. I think that's going to, he's going to ride that bike all the way to victory, Dan. I think that's going to no, be absolutely. the difference it's a, for him. It's a competition problem. <laughs> it's a, it's a competition problem. So, yeah. Um, no, it should be, should be fun. So you guys, uh, all of our listeners out there, be, be tuning into that. Um, who knows, we may, you know, with our next guest kind of, uh, next episode, 19th hole, get into the recap, um, of that match for sure. So, um, T what, what else you think in kind of from an architecture standpoint, I mean, uh, a great one on Sunday, um, and Seminole right outside the top 10 at number 12. Um, but just kind of going further down the list here, any ones kind of that stick out to you? Um, maybe in like that 90 to a hundred category. You know, let me, I'm kind of, I'm not, I don't actually have the list pulled up currently, but why don't you answer the okay. question first and then I'll go down. <laughs> Sounds <laughs> I'm good. Not very no, prepared. I mean, uh, number 90 diamond, uh, Creek golf club in, in Banner Elk, North Carolina, kind of the, the hills there in North Carolina and the mountains. And, and the picture is, is of, one of the holes with some nice fall foliage. Um, and then 91, the golf club okay. at Black Rock and actually Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. So Idaho is probably one of those 16 seeds uh, in NCAA. They've got two yes. uh, in the top 100. Um, kind of shocking there. And then 92, um, I think uh, a fairly, I guess a fairly new golf course, you could say, designed in 1992 in Galena, Ohio. I'm not sure where that is relative to Cleveland. Um, but the Double Eagle Club. Uh, you, you know, the Double Eagle Club, I've actually, I've driven past it. I haven't, I didn't stop because I didn't actually know what it was. And then it was funny the other day, I was actually flipping through here and uh, yeah. there it is, you know. So um, that that's definitely one I think I need to uh, arrange a trip to. Um, hang on, I'm getting it pulled up I here, think man. the I surprise um, to me in kind of the bottom half of this list is crooked stick. It, you know, I was actually coming in at 99 at that, yes. that I think crooked stick could be up there at least in the top 50. It's probably uh, one of the better Pete Dye designs where he doesn't really beat you up visually off the tee with a bunch of trouble and hazards or sorry, penalty areas. Yeah. Yeah, and, and to be honest, Dan, I think some of the reason you see it so low is just I don't know how much they've really evolved there at Crooked Stick. From I've never been there, um, but from what I've heard is it hasn't hasn't changed a lot, you know. And I think sometimes you see some of these courses that they they kind of need a little bit of a right. facelift sometimes, and they need a just a couple updates just to kind of keep them, you know. I don't want to say relevant because obviously crooked stick is a great golf course and it's very relevant. Um, but there might just be a couple changes that could, they could make here and there that could allow them to kind of make that next step um, a little bit right. higher up the list. Um, but 
But I'll tell you one thing, Crooked Stick is a very hard golf very hard. course. I will say that, um, you know, yeah. And so, um, but obviously, you know, of course, I kind of want to point out is Old Town Club there in, uh, in Winston-Salem, North Carolina, where uh, Wake oh, Forest yeah. plays out of. Um, I think that's pretty cool that, you know, you have a college program uh, where that that's your main home course. Um, I think it's pretty, pretty unique. Um, let's see. I saw another one here just briefly as well. Um, yeah, obviously we mentioned Rich Harvest links, um, there in Illinois. Um, but yeah, no, that, that's kind of, kind of my highlights and kind of, uh, kind of, what yeah, I've seen I mean, there's, list. you know, obviously a hundred on there. So a lot, um, but yeah, if you're, yeah, you know, our listeners can get on there, um, and kind of look at some of the places, uh, in their area. Um, and then also some that they've probably been out and either spectated or, or got fortunate enough uh, to play. So, um, okay, Dan, no, I, go I ahead. hate to interrupt you here, um, but there is a golf course in Ohio that is way down on the list, which it is a complete misfire by golf digest. I think I know you're going to say, but go ahead. Yep. Inverness. In the big city of Toledo. My – <laughs> My goodness, it is terrible that that is that far down. Inverness is a great, great golf course. And this might have been done before the redesign. I hope it was. Um, but I actually don't think it was. It, the redesign was done you know, yeah, 2018. a couple of years ago. So, um, yeah, so, but that, that, that place is unbelievable. It is unbelievable how good it is. Um, haven't had the opportunity to play out there. I have been out there, so I guess I missed that one on my list. Um but great track. Um, obviously, it's it, it's in the, the the spot of Ohio. There, um, they had the USGA boys out there last summer. Um, great track, great facility, great membership there as well. So, um, had old, to shout old out trusty. Donald there. Ross, so. man, Donald Ross. That's right. That's right. Yep. Donald. So, well, folks, so. uh, it's been uh, good talking uh, with T on this. And uh, T, let's uh, let's get into the nineteenth hole. You really don't know, because you don't know what we're trying to do. You guys don't look at the films. You don't know what happened. You really don't know. You think you know, but you don't know. Welcome to the 19th hole, everyone. Hope everybody has enjoyed the Golf Architecture podcast so far with myself and my counterpart, Daniel DeLuca, here. In the 19th hole, we're going to kind of carry over a little bit. Um, with some more architecture questions that we have from our listeners. Uh, Dan, what do, what do we have for us this week? Yeah, we got a few questions in um, from uh, some of our, our really dedicated listeners, um, longtime listeners. Um, so first one, favorite course, T, that hasn't really gotten a whole lot of notoriety, kind of flies under the radar. And not a whole lot of people have heard of that you have played. Favorite course that you've played that kind of flies under the radar? Um, well, Dan, I'm going to go. This is going to sound like a uh, kind of a uh, a heartfelt answer here. Um, <laughs> but I'm actually going to go with my home course back home in Louisville, uh, Neville Mead Golf Course. And, and people who are listening to this are like, oh, gosh, here we go again. Um, <laughs> But I actually have some reasoning to back this up. Um, so the golf course was designed by Steve Smyers, um, which is actually the same guy who designed Isleworth down in Orlando. A lot of people don't know that. 
Um, my reasoning for kind of picking Neville Mead here, and, and it's a Lynx design. Uh, there's only about four trees that come into play on the entire golf course. And it is a, a golf course that, you know, it's bent grass there in Louisville, Kentucky. It's one of the few bent grass golf courses that is still in Louisville, really. Most golf courses have gone to Bermuda or Zoysia grass. Right. And I cannot tell you, Dan, the golf course changes depending on the wind is is very drastic, okay? I've played that golf course probably more than any other golf course I've ever played, um, and it never fails. One day you can get a certain wind, and it can play very easy. You can go out and shoot 68 in a heartbeat, and it's an easy golf course. The very next day, the wind's coming from a different direction, and it is a completely different story, and you feel like 76 or 74 is a good score. Um, and I think that's kind of why I've always appreciated playing there is because you get a, a little bit of variety in the golf course. And, right. Um, and I think that's kind of, that's why I think it kind of flies under the radar as far as, you know, for what it is, I think, but like there's, there's golf courses out there or, or golf holes out at Neville Mead where, some days there's bunkers and, and you don't even know they exist because you just hit straight over them. And then the next day you, the wind flips and you're like right next to the bunkers and you're like, oh gosh, like that was actually in play, you know? And I think that's a, that's a kind of a testament to a good golf course that, you know, the conditions kind of change the golf course and, and it kind of changes the way you see the golf course. So, and it's always in good condition. Um, you know, obviously I worked out there for about seven years through high school and college. So, I've seen it in all different kinds of conditions and it's always been good. You know, I think that's the thing is the condition of that place is always excellent. And uh, Robert Costello is the head pro out there uh, currently good friend of mine. And, and uh, they do a great job out there and uh, I, it has to be one of the best public golf courses in the state of Kentucky, if not the best, you know, and I'll kind of throw that out there, put that out there for people. Um, so yeah, that's kind of my one. If you, if you're in the Louisville area, and you need a place to play, that's the place for sure. Yeah. So awesome. Absolutely. I've I've fortunately I've been out there and, and played the they used to host the Kentucky Invitational Tournament, the KIT, yeah. as it was known. Mm-hmm. Uh St. Xavier High School there in Louisville hosted it. So been out there a couple of times, love it. But like you were saying, it, it definitely each time I've been out there, it's played completely different than the time before. Um so shout out to Neville Mead Golf Course there uh in Louisville, Kentucky. No free ads, but, uh, <laughs> but there it is for Neville. Yeah, Mead, so. absolutely. Absolutely. What about yourself, Dan? I, what, what, what about you? I am going to say Tobacco Road Golf Club uh, or Golf Course um, okay. in the Pinehurst area of North Carolina, about probably 25 minutes, 30-minute road trip from uh, the clubhouse at, at Pinehurst number two. Um Kind of got to play this on an unexpected road trip, I would say, back up uh, to West Point, New York, uh, back in March um, from Savannah, Georgia. So stop and got was fortunate enough to play this place. And it's I, I think it's starting to gain some momentum, T, as, as a lot of people are starting to hear about this place and and, and take trips there. And, it, you know, it's Pinehurst area is becoming really, really popular, obviously golf destination for a buddy's trip. And this place is not, you know, like I said, 25, 30 minute drive. And I, I believe the shuttle uh, from Pinehurst now has made a stop in its route 
uh, over there. So it's, it's an unbelievable course. Um, a lot of cool, uh, different types of shots. Every shot, uh, is different. Um, a lot of blind shots into the greens, a lot of hills and mounding and, and bunkering and waste areas. And, uh, it's pretty neat. Um, I love the design. It's not an overly long golf course, so it's not going to beat you up, but definitely another one that's a second shot golf course. And, and it's just really, really fun to play with a group of buddies. And, and uh, Mike Strantz, the designer of Tobacco Road, is is no stranger to top golf courses in the U.S. Also having designed uh, Monterey Peninsula Country Club, the shore course there at MPCC, um, ranked number 56 in the top 100 ranking. So um, Tobacco Road Golf Club, uh, I highly recommend if you're in the Pinehurst area, making a trip out there and playing uh, Tobacco Road. And, and that question was from Ben in Naples, Florida, T. Ben down in Naples. So, yeah. Um, Thanks. To yeah. Ben. Yeah. That's a good. Question. Absolutely. So, yeah. No, it's a, you know, you know, Tobacco Road. It's a, it's been a course. I've actually had quite a few friends play, including yourself. I, I've, I have not had the chance to be down there yet, um, but it's definitely on the list. I think that's a place that, you know, I think Mike Strands, he's even known for saying like, um, I don't care if my golf course is too hard. Right. You know? And I think, you know, that's kind of his slogan a little bit. And I think that place kind of fits the, fits the name to that as well. So I, it definitely has to be a, a, a stop for me in the future. Yeah. Pretty, uh, pretty cool place. Uh, obviously I, I wish I, under circumstances had never had a chance to play it, um, just with the unexpected road trip home, but <laughs> you know, it, it is what it is. And, uh, uh, luckily just kind of had the idea to stop there and, and play on the way home. So it was good. Perfect. Well, this next question we have, um, this actually comes from Marty out in Oklahoma City. Oh, yeah. We're, we're touching oh, everywhere the, right now. So Midwest is here. Yeah. Uh, what is one top 100 course that you wish you could play? That's just a question. He didn't. That, that's all he had right there. One, one, and why? He also said, and why? Sorry, I missed okay. that part. Um, Top 100 course that you want to play and Yeah, why? this is going to go pretty quick for me. Uh, number two, Augusta National um, would probably be number one uh, on that list. National out. We, we, have to, we have to exit that one. We can't have that uh, one. What? Okay. Yeah, because, I mean, outside of the top ten. Let's do outside of the okay. top ten. Okay, outside of the top ten. Um, gosh, I'm going, you know, in the home state now, New York. I'm staying here. Uh, I'm going Sabonic Golf Club at number 39 in Southampton, New York. Nicholas and, and Tom Doak design. Um, I've heard this place is just absolutely incredible uh, there in, in the Hamptons, Southampton, New York. Um, long golf course. So one of those that I don't think the designers care. I mean, Jack Nicholas just doesn't care if he beats you up at all on a golf course. He just, you know, he, he hopes it's as hard as possible and tests you in every way, mentally and physically. So I'm going Sabonic T. Uh, there in in the Hamptons of New York. That's that's fantastic. Um, for myself, I'm gonna not too far away from Sabonic on the rankings. I'm going to go with number thirty six, Bandon. Oh, Hills. there we go. Um, it's a spot, um, you know, Pacific Northwest, obviously up there um, in Oregon. Uh, but you know, it's one of those where you know heard so many things about it you know and it's almost like i've been there from everything i've heard right right um it's kind of one of those but um 
And another reason I want to go out there is not only do you get to play Band of Dunes while you're out there, there's like 20 golf courses out there that right. you can play. So, um, so there's there's so much good golf up there. Um, obviously, it's on the coast up there, and uh, it's it's really become a huge golf destination out on the uh, on the west coast. So, um, yeah, I would I would go to Band of Dunes and give it a shot. Yeah, that's there. one tee that I can see in next year's rankings shooting up. Uh, the rankings from like 36, maybe in cracking the top 20. Um, it, it's just becoming a premier golf destination for people uh, to go and, and play. Yeah. And they keep improving things out there. You know, I think they've kind of added a lot of lodging and, and things of that nature. So I think uh, it's only going to continue to be a popular place for people to go. And uh, definitely a spot we'll have to hit up at some point. Right. For sure. No, hundred percent, man. Absolutely. So well, T, that's the only questions I've got in uh, this week. It's uh, another episode down. It's been fun. This one has been really enjoyable to kind of pick your brain about, um, you know, since we've been pretty much all over the country um, with golf and, and golf's taken us everywhere and we've got to see in a lot of cool places. So this one was cool to kind of unpack and, and discuss and, and kind of spotlight architecture and the uh, golf course designs. Thoroughly have enjoyed it, Dan. Thoroughly have enjoyed the research as well. And uh, I look forward to our episode next week for sure. Absolutely. Well, Dan, as always, man, drive for show. That one's a two. This one's a three. Till next week, ladies and gentlemen.